You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. Man, Oniro Trello. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. Hello, hello. Good afternoon and good evening, everybody. This is the Gate 7 International Podcast. I'm here with Costa. We're going duos today, baby, in what was a pretty solid day before this result. Uh, finished up uh, a, sh- a show I was binging on Netflix. So I felt like I got a lot done. Uh, stopped a fire from engulfing my house. Costa, how about you? How was your, how was your weekend before, before this game? I was looking forward to the game. First match day, the Super League ends in some disappointment, which we're going to get into. Um, I finished. I finished watching Casa de Papel in in like a day and a half. I spent a night, watched four episodes. Anyone who watches it hasn't watched it yet. Go to it's a great show. At your behest, I have that locked in. That's going to be the next show I start. I'm pumped. I can't wait. And uh, we have to apologize here to FM underscore Pano. Sorry, we had some some technical, some little technical issues. Sorry, we're four minutes late. Sorry, buddy. But you know, we're going to just jump right into it. Um, oh, loud one. <laughs> no one cares about TV. Oh, okay, God. All right, we're just going to get started. Uh, with chat already upset as it is. Um, Guys, uh, as far as some quick housekeeping, uh, we got a lot of DMs this morning. Uh, uh, I did on my personal. Some came in on the pod account asking about streaming options. Uh, Net TV Plus, which had all the games on Nova Sports last year, is still going on. They have all the Nova Sports channel. They also have uh, Open TV available now. But the problem is they're still negotiating with Cosmote for the rest of the games for the other teams they are actively negotiating they said they will have them it's just a question of when so if you are thinking about net tv plus just know they are working on it and they are planning on having all of them so we'll keep an eye on that going forward check out nettvplus.gr and get some more information to see if it's something that you as a diaspora citizen want so you can watch your your favorite team play. It is available to literally everybody unless you're in Greece or Cyprus. Now, if you're in Australia, you have access to quite a lovely service called Pro TV. I don't know too much about that. It's something we were made aware of recently from one of our bloggers. So check that out if you are in Australia. Uh, Libyakos DC, unfortunately, fell to Lynchburg. one nothing in a pretty tight contest. Uh, neither side was really super dominant, but unfortunately an individual mistake did lead to Lynchburg's goal. We were looking at a revenge match. Lynchburg beat Olympiacos DC in the division finals last season. So we were hoping to get some revenge. Didn't happen. Ahepa. It is a Hepa season, guys. You want to help out the motherland? You want to volunteer? Meet some Greeks? Get involved? Go to check out Ahepa, www.ahepa.org. Find your local chapter and see how you can get involved. And lastly, we want to thank our sponsor, Piraeus International. Piraeus International is your one-stop shop for all of your international trans shipping needs. 
Whether you're shipping olive oil, packages, cars, or relocating completely, Preus International is here to help. Freight forwarding services available to almost any port around the world, whether North America, Europe, Africa, Asia, or Australia. Just contact our friends at 410-675-4696 or email to sales at piraeusintl.com. Well, there were a couple quick news items uh, that happened before we jump into this Libyakos game. The major one of which was the president that wasn't even president for six months resigned. Zagorakis stepped down as president of EPO in what kind of left all of us feeling was or means a lot of hopelessness for Greek football. Uh, Costa, how did you how did you feel about this when you heard the news? Not surprised, to be honest. Um, I talked about that a while ago and said that as long as Aguarakis didn't have support from an executive committee that was made up of people that could support him, people that know a thing or two about football, then his presidency was uh, doomed to fail. Uh, such is the case. And I don't really want to say much more about it. I think I don't want to say it's nailing the coffin for Greek football, but it's just yet another sucker punch. Uh, we feel like a boxer that's just being punched constantly is in the corner, just waiting for a knockout blow. So I don't know where we go from here in terms of, of Epo. Uh, I think the blow was softened by the the ethnic win against Sweden, uh, which gave us some some joy. But um, but it's it's crap. It's horrible news uh, because um, but yeah. It's uh, it's expected. I'm not surprised. Yep. And then we've been hearing some unfortunate news as well. Nothing confirmed, of course, but kind of the same things you hear every year. Oh, Epo and the Super League are bankrupt. And Zagorakis kind of had his hands tied. He was getting frustrated. There was literally nothing he could do. He couldn't shake the bureaucracies. It really doesn't make you feel good. For the first time, we had a football person in there despite whatever allegiances or whatever politics you believe goes on in the background with him. It was a football person there, somebody that we believed could make, get some things happen, whip some people into shape. Didn't happen. Um, anyway, uh, we move on from that. It's unfortunate, but we're going to see what ends up happening. Uh, before we jump into any of the results, uh, whether it was ethnic or Libyakos, uh, we did promise you guys a deep dive on King Gwe. Uh We did a really quick one, uh, mainly because he played. He hasn't played senior football before coming here, so it's not really worth it going too much into it, and we'll touch on that briefly. King Gwe, center back that everyone knows we signed from the Inter Academy. Uh, very big boy, very big boy. Six foot five, 195 centimeters, 78 kilos, uh, 171 pounds. He's, he's very lean. I, well, I don't want to say lean because he he's a pretty built guy, but there's like no fat on him. Uh, I I'm hoping that he can fill in a little bit more because when I see somebody that's that tall, I you know I want to see a little bit more muscle on there, uh, especially in pro when he's going to be playing against men. He's going to need that in these physical contacts uh, in physical contests. Sorry, uh, he plays primarily as a center back, and in a center back pairing, he's playing on the right. He's right footed, so it makes sense. Um, in his over 2000 minutes played last season, pass accuracy, 91%. Uh, he doesn't send a lot wayward. I know a lot of people were concerned about 
him being a terrible passer of the ball, but it was he was fine to me. Very strong defensively, very physical, uh, both defensively and in the air. Uh, 75% duels in the air, over five interceptions, nine recoveries per 90. This guy is a big boy, and he's double the size of anybody that played in the academy. He was extremely dominant and untouchable. Positioning's fine, but we don't know how much of that will translate into the pro game. We like what we see, and we have good hope for him for the future, but we're not going to waste too much more time on it because, unfortunately, you have to see how he plays against men. Um, so moving on, Costa, do we jump into the Libyacos game first? Yeah, I think we could possibly come back to Kinkue. I think people want to talk about the game. <laughs> yeah. It's well, go ahead. You, what was your first reaction with this game? How'd you feel? Um, look, I'll start with what Pedro Martin said before the game. So Pedro Martin said it's going to be a difficult game. He said, um, you know, it's going to be physical. Uh, we know that Atromitos has defenders at the back that are very good at dealing with crosses. Can he say yes? Rizvanis before, um, even Kulis Papadopoulos who came in, they can, they're big boys, they can deal with crosses. Um, it's obviously disappointing. Um, Nil-nil on the first day, you want to get the three points. Martins did say that he wanted to show the Olympiacos fans what Olympiacos is going to be about this year from the first game. I don't think what we saw today is what we're going to see the rest of the season, hopefully. Uh, don't get me wrong, I think it was an improvement from the Addis game, for sure, and from some of what we've seen during preseason. But I was a little bit perplexed by, the, by some of the choices in the formation at the beginning. I won't say I was totally surprised to see a 4-4-2 because Martins was trying 4-4-2 all of preseason until Tiquinho got got injured but I just you know to, to play a 4-4-2 you need to have the players to play it and I think we try to play fast in the first half but I don't think we have the matches at our feet yet to play faster than what we did there were a lot of mistakes uh, I think Bukhalaki seemed tired from the international break some sloppy passes some uh, bad communication in the midfield we were lacking pace uh, in the center of the park. And as the banner says, no Madi, no party. You can't play a 4-4-2 with two, I'm sorry, sl slow midfielders. Um, M. Vila, Pukalakis, they're not the fastest. You need some energy. You need some strength. That was sadly missing today. Um, and I... There are lots of things we can say about this game, and uh, I don't, I'm not going to monopolize. But those are my, those are my first kind of reactions. I won't say I'm again. I'm not surprised with the result because we tend to struggle first game of the season in the Super League. It's normally like a 90th minute winner, uh, and certainly I don't know about everybody else, but around the 80th minute, I was thinking when's Hassan coming on <laughs> to to get us the go? And yeah, Hassan's not here anymore, uh, guys disappointing disappointing but hopefully the chances that we missed today because there were chances there were chances to win that game 2-0 3-0 in the last 20 minutes we didn't put them away um and i hope that those chances that we missed today hit the back of the net on thursday 
I am in agreement 100%. And you brought up a great point with that middle of the field. I was complaining about that almost the entire first half. We'll go beyond that. Uh, we'll say uh, the first even 60, 65 minutes, we can say. The the mid the problem is, you know, you can say what you want. Madi's slow, maybe even in Vila's slow. But regardless of whether they're slow or not, the – primarily the primary problem becomes both of them are not the types of midfielders that get forward like Madi does. Madi is very energetic with the ball. He gets forward. He provides that, that energy that we need, that spark, that offensive spark to do that. So you need somebody that's going to do that. Bukalakis and Envila, they both, uh, they both kind of sit and, and operate the same way. They, they distribute, they're not going to really do much to take a lot of players on. They prefer to receive the ball and play and play the ball out from a deeper position. But then what happens? What happens when you rely on that and you have a gap between your two forwards? But nobody's there to connect them. And Madi does that. Normally, Madi gets forward. And he's kind of that piece that connects everything. Or if you have Valbuena that's operating, whether he's a second striker or playing off the striker or in a 10, you have somebody that also will be up there. You can't play two guys that operate with the same, we'll say, modus operandi, so to speak, and that sit deeper and expect to do a lot in the midfielder, uh, in the midfield. And then FM underscore Fonda brings up a really good point here. Uh, you know, Masuras I, was missed too. Masuras is somebody that's been quite a good finisher for us from that wing position. And finishing today was god-awful. It was terrible. And El Arabi was one of the worst transgressors of this because he had – how many times was he played through? Tiquinho twice playing him through right in front of goal. And somehow he doesn't make it to those balls. He had plenty of time. He's not that slow. He looked like he was getting there, but it almost looked like he he just stopped maybe a couple steps ahead of time and just and slowed it down a little bit. Um, it's it was very frustrating. And like you said, Gosta, it wasn't for a lack of chances. Guys, uh, Nova Sports put the some of the data up. 49, 49 total attacks, and we converted breakthrough efficiency of over 50%. Over 50%. That is absurd. Absurd. 24 shots off of 49 attacks. That's probably the highest I think we've ever had in a game. And to not score? Come on, guys. I mean, it, this is ridiculous. I, I'd be angry if we didn't create chances today. And the first half, exactly. was, the first half was somewhat lethargic. And mm -hmm. I, I go back to the choice of formation because... I'm, I'm, I've said it before. I'm not a big fan of the 4-4-2 playing two big strikers up front. He, I think the manager's, the manager's thinking going into the game is that, as I said before, Adromidos have players at the back that are good at dealing with balls in the air. So he's thinking, I'm going to put two, two of the big boys, the two big boys that I have up front, and I'm going to pack. I'm going to pack the box and keep the defenders occupied. The problem is it took us too long in the first half to really get into any rhythm to create chances. So then when you start 4-4-2, you can't, there's not a lot you can do to change the game in the second half because you've already got two strikers up front. And then you've got Valbuena kind of 
playing everywhere because on the when you look at the team sheet, he starts on the left, but he's everywhere. And then you, yep. you're left with Oleg having the entire flank to himself. And Oleg's very good defensively. And he had a couple of moments where he broke forward really well. But in terms of build-up, he's he's got awful. He's got awful in build-up. And there was a there was a breakaway in the second half where he got forward and Onyakuru was in front of him and he passed it and the ball went behind Onyakuru and it killed the counter-attack. And that happened far too many times uh during today. And I don't mean to just single him out, but this is raising Today's game, if anything, I said it, we can talk about a lot of things, but one thing that this game revealed 100% is how badly we dealt with the wing-back situation during the summer. So, we were told Karbovnik is the left-back that, that, we, that we signed. He started on the right today. So, first thing you see today is the two up front and Karbovnik starting on the right. So that today tells me that Pedro Martins doesn't take Lala into consideration. Lala is not considered as a starter in this team. And again, you see who's the sub that comes on for Kabovnik? Andrutos. So Lala is third choice right back. Lala is third choice right back. So what's he doing on the squad? What is he doing on the squad? That's that's the biggest thing today that we can I think we can really kind of criticize is that it showed how how we messed that up at the end of the summer transfer window. What do you think? Well, I I agree with that take. I I, I believe one hundred percent, especially at the right back. Both we'll see, even say both. That Kabovnik was great, was... by the way. Kabovnik was yeah. great, by the way. I, really I, liked, I liked what I saw from him. Yeah. I definitely liked what I saw from him. And so uh, I, there's a comment here that's – we'll go on a brief tangent because there's a comment here. I see Twitter completely divided over this because the commentators thought Oleg was the best uh, in the game today. I see a lot of people on Twitter saying Oleg was the best, but then I see a whole other half, some of our own members included, that thought you know Oleg was a disappointment. Now, I – there were a lot of good things, as you brought up, defensively speaking, from him. Some, in some of those cases where him getting the ball forward and fighting off one and two people because no options were presenting himself. But then in some cases, he would make some pretty bad choices with the ball. Like that counter, the counter in the second half where he did all the work to win the ball, sprint all the way up the field, only to take too long to make the decision on whether or not he was going to play Lala. Or sorry, not Lala, uh, Onyakuru uh, on the left. So that's... Stuff like that. But, you know, if if he's the one creating the chance, I can forgive him. If he's the one that's even creating the chance to for, to begin with and he messes up on the end. Am I frustrated? Of course. But he may, without him, that chance doesn't happen anyway. So uh, in some ways, I can say I'm disappointed with Oleg. But I, I'm not going to go as far to say he had, was a, he had a poor game, especially when there were way, way worse people playing out there like El Arabi. And Valbuena, I'm sorry. I didn't think Valbuena had a good game today. I was disappointed. I think that his the, his inability to keep the shape on and keep our width actually hurt us today. And because, because of his wandering, uh, despite the fact that 
our midfield wasn't super mobile. And I think that's maybe why he did it. But uh, I, I'm not going to put too much of the blame on Oleg. And to your point about us not adapting too quick, you are 100% right about that. One of the things that surprised me, actually, with Angel Lopez, I expected a higher press from him because of what he did with Volos last season. Last season, he had Volos playing up pretty high and pressing defense is pretty high. And I thought that was really interesting for a mid-table team to see. And I thought he was going to replicate that with Atrobiros, but he didn't. But to his credit, he did kind of pack the midfield, which saw us get separate, like big separation between our midfield and our two strikers. We saw Tequino, we saw El Arabi getting isolated in, in some scenarios. So part of me... Part of me wonders if, if, if maybe we're kind of go- coming back to like some of this like Martin's stubbornness, I, whether it's his inability to make substitutions fast, which today they actually came pretty quick. He halftime substitution for Roni Lopez, and for me, a sixty-minute sub was it sixty or sixty-fifth minute when he pulled Bukalakis off. Uh, for what we've seen from him is actually pretty early, but. I know with a two-striker system, you're right. We can't really make a big adjustment uh, unless we remove one of those strikers. But when, no, when you see... No point not to play the 10. You're right. We lose the shape. Yeah. There's no shape. You give... Like like I said, Karbovnik, I thought, did a good job on the right-hand side. I really like the fact that when he got the ball and he opened up his body, he was looking to go forward. He was looking to be yep. positive, to become part of the build-up. And yep. there was energy, there was pace. He looked faster than I mean, he was faster than everybody on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I I agree with what you said about about Oleg. Uh, we, we all know what his strengths are and what his weaknesses are, what he needs to work on, what he's good at. Um, yeah, unfortunately, he's not to me, guys. Guys, there, there was one moment I, I remember. I can't remember if it was first half or second half. I think it was the first half. He got the ball on the left hand side and he cut inside and he threw the ball forward and he ran onto it and. It was positive, and he thought, "Okay, come on." And then bad pass. It's like, "Oh God!" Yeah. So first half that was first half. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 frustrating, but but again, like when you play that formation and you play with two inside forwards, because Ronnie Lopez isn't a guy that likes to stick on the wing; he likes to come inside as well. So he had both wing backs essentially just playing the the touchline on on, on either side. And then the midfield really packed in the center and no width to open them up. So I I, I thought Val, Valbuena did all right. Um, I don't, you know, he 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 does what what I expect of him at right. 36, 37, whatever his age is. But I, I've said it before, uh, Labros said it before. We can't depend on the 37-year-old Valbuena. What are we going to do on Thursday? Is he going to play 90 minutes on Thursday? I don't I don't, don't want to see him on the wings anymore. I don't yep. want to see him on the wings anymore. If he's going to play, play him at the 10 and give him a free role and let him roam. But don't do it to the detriment of the width and you know the, the pace and the shape of the team that he, he he takes that away when he's put on the wing. I I I I, I hope we don't see that more this year. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. And I do want to clarify, it's not the 
I, it's not that I think our midfield played badly because I just realized like our complaint that maybe the midfield was slow or the movement was lacking that they played bad. I don't think that either Bukalakis or Envila played poorly. It's more so that their nature as players wasn't conducive to, to us playing more as a more offensively or working the ball better because, because of the nature of that, how they play. I don't think any one of them did anything super egregious, but I just think playing the two of them together, we didn't get that forward momentum and we didn't have the ability to make link ups. When did you see our first link up? Well, four or five people actually touching the ball, playing through the middle. It happened Second towards the end of the game. Yeah. Towards the end of that first half, we had that like quick set before Kiriakos Papadopoulos pulled on uh, on El Arabi. It was like four quick passes. But that was the only time it happened in the first half. Second half was when we saw more of it. Now, I have a question for you, Costa. That When Kunde came on, it was Kunde and Vila, and Roni Lopez came off for Onyakuru. Let's say we start the game. Those are the, those are the two changes. Roni Lopez is off, Onyakuru is on, Kunde is on, and Bukhalakis is off. You think we see a different result? You think we see a goal in that first half? More positive movement forward? I'm not sure because I still think the problem is the the, the shape. Uh, and I, I talked about Valbuena playing that role and just just roaming. We we don't have the shape, and yeah, you, you don't have. You need to have that option coming off the bench to to fill the box. And I again, I feel that. If it was Kunde for Bukhalagis, I'm not sure. Like Kunde has also got this body type that you know he needs. I think some time to get into the game, to find rhythm, uh, yep. and I'm, I'm not sure it would have changed much to be honest. And the reason I bring that up, and I will preface this by saying, of course, when he came on, the other team is tired, so his fresh legs and of course his ridiculous stamina as it is sees him getting more space and it's probably a little easier for him to get the ball and run forward but we didn't see that from either Jan and Vila in the first half or Bukalakis and we know it's something that Kunde does now I'm not saying he does it the same way that Madi will do it but I just kept thinking of those instances where he would get the ball the second he came on getting forward taking his space not just sitting and waiting oh Who's, who am I going to pass to uh, before anything happens? No, Kunde is going to do that more often than Bukalakis does. That's Bukalakis, the only reason I thought of it. Bukalakis was poor today. He, he he was poor. Like There was too many moments in the first half in particular where there was miscommunication. There was like a ball yes. that was coming towards him and then he left it because there's somebody else got in the way or there was a bad pass. Those are the types of bad passes or miscommunications that lead to goals in Europe. Yep. That's what we saw from Bukalagis today. Yep. Uh, and and I'm not one of those people that likes to um, that likes to dig into him as much as as much as some other people because we we tend to look at Bukalagis and make a black sheep out of him whenever things are going bad in the midfield and I don't like to do that. But he had a poor game today and it has to be said. And and those are the types of mistakes where in Europe you will get punished. So, Madi Kamara, I hope you're fit for for Thursday because, my God, we need him back in the midfield. <laughs> this game felt like the La Mia game in the Cup three years ago. You, you know what was you know what was one of the worst things about today is that a lot of the chances or half chances because they didn't end in shots on target, they fell to our two strikers. 
Yeah. There was the one in the first half, Tiquinho to, to El Arabi, which Tiquinho's near the penalty near the penalty spot and the ball's near near the corner flag and he he makes a run, he outmuscles the player, puts in a wonderful pass like along the ground, and all El Arabi has to do is stick his foot in and it's a goal. And nothing happens. That's the, I think that was the 29th minute. Yep. And then second half. There's another one where Tikinia gets the ball on the right-hand side, plays it across the goal mouth from the right-hand side. Again, it's one of those where you like stick your foot in and it's a goal. It goes across El Arabi's left foot and then the chance is wasted. And then the other one is, uh, I think it's a 1-2 on the left-hand side where Mvila or Kunde plays it into Onyakuru. He breaks into the box with his pace, passes it across goal, and both of them miss it. And then Andrutos gets the ball on the right-hand side and it's blocked. And, and there were too many moments like that. And just the last 10, 15 minutes, we were really pushing. And you thought, you know, so, some people were thinking the goal's coming, the goal's coming. But it just seemed like it never would for me. Just the, the chance after chance after chance in the last 10, 15 minutes where I I was uh, I was jumping out my seat and like this, couldn't, couldn't believe the chances that we were that we were missing at the end of that game. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I was expecting a 0-0 draw after the second time Tequino played El Arabi through. And he just was lollygagging to the ball and it looked like he stopped. I, what about I, half I, volley? I, what, about uh, the El, what, what about the El Arabi half volley in front of goal that went straight at the keeper? Yep. Uh, at, at that point, I was like, this is just going to be that game. It's going to be it's one of those be games. One of those days. Yeah, it's going to you be know one what I mean? Days. One of those Nobody games that just, we used to lambast Hassan for. for that. He would just yeah. side for that into the net, like for for a laugh. Cra- <laughs> crazy, crazy. Now, uh, I wanted to ask you a, another question because we have been complaining. You know, we we talked about how uh, the Karbovnik, the you know, playing on right back when supposedly he was brought in for left back, the frustration and how we messed up the right back situation. But were the fullbacks the problem today, in your opinion? Uh. The um, the crossing wasn't great. I mean, no. I mean, for me, no, it wasn't really the problem. But there were one or two instances, particularly in the first half, where where I think Oleg hurt the build up. Yes. And you just and you just thought we made some good transfers this year, and we really wanted to end it on a high note and think bring in a good left back. Like somebody that can that can participate in the build-up, somebody that can whip a nice cross in, somebody that can attack. So, yeah, maybe the wing-backs weren't the problem today, but well, they weren't the biggest problem. But I, I still, I still think we, I still think that was a, a missed opportunity for this team to do some special things this year that we didn't get well, a left back. Look, the. It, it's it's not a mutually exclusive thing. We did mess up the fullback situation, but just because we messed up the fullback situation, it doesn't necessarily mean they were the problem today. They're not two exclusive things. You know, one can still happen and the other can still be true. Um, the, the thing for me is when I see how many opportunities we created and the majority of them are within the penalty area, This this is the caveat for me. If we hadn't been making a lot of opportunities or they were or they were from outside, let's say, the penalty area, too many shots 
more than 25 meters or so. Uh, that's when that's when I start to worry about our breakthrough, which is a worry we had in the in the preseason in the friendlies, uh, friendlies and uh, sorry, even in the qualifiers, we didn't have quite we weren't seeming to make a lot of those opportunities in the box, not a lot of scoring opportunities at all, for for that matter. And the the data we had shared with everybody supported that. But today's problem was different. We had an overwhelming amount of opportunities. Hell, we had over a dozen within the penalty area. There's not many games that we can point to where that's the case. So then the problem becomes something else. Why can't we finish them? And that, to me, was the problem today, was the finishing. Not that I disagree that we had a slow start, because in the first half, if we played in the first half how we played in the second half, especially the last 25 minutes of the second half, I think we win this game. But... You can't have that many opportunities and finish none of them. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And again, not that I'm being an apologist because I still don't think the team looked great today overall. I'm just being realistic about what we should be upset about. And for me, that's the finishing. Because that was the main problem today. I don't, I don't know if that if you share that opinion or not. Look, I, I think we've said, we've been saying for a long time now that we need to give the team some um, some time to gel. It's been a strange summer and the problems keep keep coming. We had this we had this problem with the two two Ghanaians, uh, Agibu Kamara and Madi Kamara. They went off on international duty. There was a coup. Uh, we didn't know if they were going to come back. Vachelik getting injured before the game and Villa getting a knock in training and, and everything that happened this summer. And we've, you know, I've, I've been one of those people saying, okay, give them time. I give them the benefit of the doubt. I said at the beginning that it wasn't great today, but it was an improvement from what we'd seen in the last friendly for sure, which was God awful. Um, yep. But I, I, what I worry about is that Martins still looks to be experimenting and trying things and he doesn't have a settled idea on what is his starting 11. We've started the season and he doesn't know what his starting 11 is. He doesn't know if he wants to play 4-4-2. He doesn't know if he wants to play 4-3-3. He doesn't know what his best formation is. He doesn't... Uh, this team doesn't have an identity. It's It's still trying to find its identity. Yes, and and the problem with that is that now the official games have started, and is now's not the time you want to be experimenting. That's yeah. that's what I worry about. You hit the nail right on the head. This is the first season under Martins I can think about where we didn't know exactly how we were going to be playing or who exactly was going to be part of the core. Even in his first season here, it was pretty obvious. Now he made some changes as things went. But the core, once the core was cemented, we knew what was happening. Once, once you know, it was, uh, it started off, I think it was Bukalakis and Guillerme. But then, like, once that Camara uh, Guillerme uh, double pivot was played and we saw how great that was, that became the mainstay. And, and, and then, you know, that season, it was 4 2 3 1. And then the season after that, 4 2 3 1. And then, of course, you know, COVID hits. And then halfway through, it becomes. Three four three, or in Europe, or three four three. End of last season. That's what we're experimenting. Four three three, 
Four, three, oh, I'm sorry. Three. You're right. Four, three, three to start. That's right. At, at some points. And that's my problem too, is that he, it, it we're, we're so inconsistent because I think he's trying to outthink himself here. And that's what I, that's the worst ending to a Martins career. God forbid, if it is, if that's how it goes, because I don't want to see him outthink himself, go back to what worked. You, we brought in these pieces to fill that void or supposedly to fill the voids that were left by hurt players or players that have left, but we don't actually trust them to do that. You know, why, why bother looking at people that can play the 10 role if you're not actually going to use it? It doesn't make sense. Why would you go and constantly bring in inverted wingers or inside wingers when you're, when you're just going to sit and try and play a wide 4-4-2 anyway? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense at all. If you're going to play with two, if you're going to play with two strikers that are supposed to be more or supposed to be receiving service, why aren't you playing with with wingers that are just going to stretch the field? Let me, let me ask you a question. What did you think of Ronnie Lopez today? Awful. I wasn't happy. I I wasn't happy. There what I saw, what I saw when I did the deep dive, the things that I was more more excited about, I didn't see I didn't see him do. And maybe it was because just you know, thing there was a lot of things that weren't working, a lot of balls that went wayward, but his shot was terrible. And he had two shots from that sweet spot. The sweet spot that uh, was identified as, hey, when he gets shots from here, man, usually in corners, but they were garbage. Those two left-footed shots he had on that little corner of the the penalty area, like towards the front, maybe even one was more than 18 yards out. Maybe one could have been 20 yards out. They were weak. And even so, what what did he what did he do? What what threat did he generate out there? He doesn't look fit. He doesn't look even fifty percent fit to me. Yeah? Uh, there were I'm, in, in all I'm the games in all the games that we've seen him um in in the, i think he he played in the slovan game didn't he away from home and the pitch was bad yes. and there were moments during that game where this erythrolifki uh, mastura ronnie seems so heavy on the ball yes so he he gets the ball and then he kind of loses it or he loses his balance well you see that Today, you saw there was a little bit more of that acceleration on the first touch when he get, yeah. he, get he receives the ball and he, he, he kicks the ball in front and he runs. And you saw a bit of that acceleration, but then when it came to actually doing something like passing or shooting, the shot was weak or the pass was weak or the pass with his right foot from the right-hand side didn't even cut back into the box and went straight out. And anybody that's played football, anybody that's played football at any level, knows what that is and that's tired that's you're too tired and you're not fit enough to be strong to maintain your balance and take and take a good shot or make a good pass so that's what it looks like to me for me he's not even 50 50 fit no you're right i watched 130 different dribbles of this guy on the deep dive and the touch was way different way more way more i should say agile did you it see sure somebody is. that looked very agile on, on the ball today? The turn looked a little slow. And that's what the problem is. I'm, I'm a little worried about that, especially if he came to us not fit. I'm, I'm a little worried. But what about the other winger? What did you think about Onyekuru today when he came? Uh, I, I thought he was better. I thought he offered something more than Ronnie Lopez did. He yeah. he, he was positive. He, he You know, you lost him for kind of some moments during the game. 
And I think it doesn't help that it doesn't help that playing on the left hand side he has somebody like Oleg who doesn't doesn't really overlap that much when when Onyekuru cuts inside. I don't know if it's a chemistry thing. They've only played together one you know one or two games, so so that we need to wait and see how that unfolds. But mm-hmm. I thought Onyekuru, you know, he made his he made his uh, his presence known to the to the opponent. I, I think much better, much better than Ronnie Lopez. Yeah, I I did too. His first few touches were a little suspect, but you know what? He had to warm up. He had to warm into yeah. the game first, and then once he did, I loved his off ball movement was great. Running behind the defenders, how many times did we see him running running from the outside in? Made himself open. Kunde picked him out a couple times. And, you know, he did – he was much better about getting into those positions that make him so dangerous. His his close quarter buildup is still questionable. I don't think that's his best thing. But look look how he got so dangerous, making those runs, getting behind the defense. And then I even appreciated when he got the ball um, – it was in the second half. Uh, there was like a little bit – not of a scrum. The ball was played in. He gets the ball at like the top of the 18 and plays it left. Uh, for the for um for Kunde to get the shot, I appreciated that instead of him trying to do it himself, maybe try a hero move and try and take a shot off. He, t- he there was the there was the that. flick, there was the that's flick right, that's right. Yes, I almost forgot about that. Yeah, so I was happy. I liked what I saw from him. I thought he did a much better job, and I and that comes with playing with the guys. That comes with playing with the team. And as he plays more with them, I think we're going to see better from him. Um, I, I'm going to say, I didn't expect to see that. I was kind of expecting when he came on that we probably wouldn't see much, but no, I'm, I'm happy with what I saw from him. I thought he was uh, a very it, positive change. It's because I, I agree hundred percent with what you said during the, the deep dive that we did on him, because he's a player that, you know, will bring you things in a European games when he finds space, because he has the pace and he likes to run into those spaces and run at defenders. Uh, and today against a team that was sitting back the entire second half because they weren't pressing like you said earlier i thought he did all right there were some good cutbacks there were some good runs again another thing that worried me though and this goes back to the manager he he had two strikers on and he was asking onyakuru to become a second or a third striker because we already had two strikers on so he was asking onyakuru to make himself present in the box then I don't know if you noticed, but around the 80th, 82nd minute, he had Cisse on the touchline. He was like, become a become a striker as well. And, and this goes back to what you said about the manager overthinking, not really having his ideas clear of what he, you know, how he wants to set the team up. That worries me. That worries me. He needs to settle. He needs to settle on what his team is and, and find find this team's identity because right now we don't have one. Yeah. Uh, well, to be fair with the Onyakuru part, Onyakuru actually is pretty good uh, on on when he receives crosses and things. He actually can get on them. So that I, I understand in a manner of speaking. But I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, I mean, the, the Martins thing is bothering me. I'd rather uh, – yeah, Vascor has it right here. After two months, we are still building the team. Yeah, at this point, I'd rather him like, look, you want this, you want this formation, fine, just go all in, just do it. But at the but stop tinkering with the whole thing, find what works, and do what you did the first couple of years. Just tinker with those pieces that maybe aren't working, and go from there. 
that's what's changing. He he's gone from making the minor changes to see how things go to overwhelming overhauls for no reason. And that's a manager that outthinks himself. And I don't want to see this happen to him. Should we get into player and coach ratings? Oh, oh God. Sure. Let's, uh, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do this before we do that, guys. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube hit the like button. It helps with the algorithm and stuff. So please go ahead and do it and make sure you don't miss any future episodes. We go live every Sunday, typically at 11 o'clock Greek time. Uh, we really, really appreciate all your support. So thank you very much. Hit that like button, hit subscribe on YouTube or whatever channel you're following us on. Okay. We start with the keeper. Yeah. There's only like one thing he had to do today. So yeah, yeah. Well, that was that was the Kuluris header, I think, in the yeah. third minute, and he was in the right place at the right time. Good reaction, gets a seven for me just for that. Otherwise, he had nothing to do. Right? Yeah, he didn't have anything to do, so I can't find too much negative. I uh, I will give him a. I'm going to give him a six point five for now, but it could go higher only because, and I need to see the replay. I think he initially called off Socrates which then allowed Kuluris to get dangerously close. You see him waving his hands before Socrates comes in. Socrates is staring right at him when he slows down. That would be the one thing, because I don't think he should have called Socrates off with Kuluris coming so far forward. But I will double-check that. I could be it, wrong, and if that's the case, it's definitely from, up to seven. From the replay, it looked to me that Socrates was was behind the striker when the, when, when mm. the ball came in. So Kuluris made a good run to get in behind Socrates and yep. get into that space to meet the cross. So I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. I will double check that. So, and I'll check myself if I'm wrong, I will double check it, but that's, I was trying to get them to show Like I was hoping they would show Vachlik like more of him when that was happening, but I, they never yeah. panned to him during the replay, but I, I am, uh, that's one that I'm, I could be definitely wrong on. Kabovnik. Um, I thought he had plenty of decent ideas. Uh, some possession loss here and there. He had a couple of careless chances where he was dribbling forward and the ball rolled out. Uh, but I'm not going to put that on him a hundred percent. Uh, he's still, uh, gelling with the team. Um, I, you know, I'll give Karbovnik a, a 6.5 today. Do you start him on Thursday? Start him where? <laughs> on well, right Oleg, back? Oleg's not. Oleg's not missing that game. No, he's not going to miss that game. What I would like to see is Karbovnik in the midfield, but you're not going to experiment that in Europe. No. Um, uh, Lala, uh, for me, well, he's good defensively, so maybe I will, but I still feel like Lala defensively is better than at least at least Adruzos, but I don't know. Um, you know what? Maybe, yeah. I'll say, yeah, we start Karbovnik Friday. Or Thursday, sorry. For me, he was one of our better players today. Just yeah. like he was lively. I give him, I think I give him a seven. I think I'll give him a seven. Yep. Oleg? You know what? For the effort, some of his defensive work, the execution was poor, but I think the positives outweigh the negatives. And I'm going to give him a seven. 
Okay. I'm going to give Oleg a seven. I know Lombro's not going to like that because Lombo was pooping on him, but uh, I can't wait to see what the stats are because if they're more overwhelmingly positive, I am 100% calling Lombro out on the pot account. I will do that 100%. But I'm giving him a seven because I think the, the positives outweigh the negatives for me. So, Kratis is here. Should we give him a joint uh, a joint rating? Well, what about you to give your Oleg? It's the same. It's like a 6.5 yeah. because I thought overall I like Karbovnik more. So, I'll give him a 6.5, not a 7. That's fair. The centre-backs? What about the centre-backs? Centre-backs. So, I thought Socrates did well in particular. Um, except when, you know, Kuluris got ahead of him on that. Yeah. Um, Cisse also, I thought, did well, but Cisse had a couple of those Cisse mistakes, which worried me. Now, they weren't in super dangerous areas on most of the occasions, uh, but, you know, I if, I if we're grading the pair as a collective, I'd give them about a 6.5 as a pair. Um, maybe I would give Socrates... Um, they only... I mean, the, when the other team only has, like, a couple of opportunities how much can you say it's, it's about their distribution at that point. Some of the CSA long balls were annoying. So maybe I give, I give Socrates a seven and I'll give CSA. Yeah. Uh, mm, I can't decide six or 6.5. Uh, we'll say 6.5. I'll give them a 6.5 football manager average starting point. Yeah. The collective. There you go. Bukalakis. Uh, five for me. Yeah, not not really. Yeah. I think we we don't need to say much more. No, <laughs> I think it's a five game. Yep. Jan, Jan and Bilal. So, I don't like when with him and Book. I like he's. I think we needed somebody more dynamic forward, but he did. He does his job. You know what I mean. He yeah. did his job and he did it well. So I can't. I don't want to negate him too much because he can't do like necessarily what maybe what we needed because he just still did some great things. S seven. Uh, you know what? 7.5 for Mbila. I gave him a seven. I don't think anyone deserves a 7.5 today. <laughs> I think if anybody, yeah, if anybody did for me, it was Mbila. But that's, uh, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I, just, I also have bias towards the deeper midfielders. Yeah. I say that. So, And I thought but, that he did well with what he what he could do, we'll say. Yeah. Yeah, Just but if you're a, if you're a scouter looking at the team and you're thinking, okay, how am I gonna how am I gonna stop this team and who's who's making them tick at least today? Yeah, anything yeah. positive that started out of the back was coming from his feet. Exactly, and, you know, like you said, he he did what you expected him to do, so it's a solid exactly. solid seven for me. Yeah, uh, Ronnie Lopez three, and I think three is generous. To be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, I'll give him a I'll give him a four because I yeah. <laughs> it's bad. Bad. He, he like I, I I hope he I hope he's put some put some time in the gym. He needs uh, to clear, yeah, clearly needs rhythm, clearly needs to do a bit of extra work in training. So I'd be I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked to see him feature even on uh on Thursday. I would be shocked. That's fair. Uh, who else would we? Well, Valbuena. I'm just going to say average six and a half. I was going to do, I'm going to do six. 
I, I wasn't I wasn't overly impressed with him today. I'm sorry. No, it's, I gave him a six. It's, it's, but, but he wasn't wasn't the worst, maybe. But yeah, six. I'll give him a six. El Arabi, not Kavl Arabi today. Well, he did that. Have that one nice little like roll the ball back and then played it behind his foot. Drew that. That's like the one cool thing he did, making the Adrobrus player look silly. But maybe I give him a point for yeah. that. <laughs> when I normally would have given him a three, so maybe he gets a four because of that. But just dog, dog shit for me. Today. Well, this is this is an interesting take. El Arabi Ooh. and Tikinio cannot play together, says Vasco. They don't match. This is more than obvious now. I think they try huh. to because you, 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 <laughs> yeah. you they. The thing is, you can say that they don't match because they've both got, you know, big build. And normally you like to see little and large up front, like uh, Mitroglou Saviola 4-4-2, yeah? But people, I think people go too quickly to this conclusion that they don't work together because they're big. They found each other, or they, they were trying to find each other during the game. Exactly. So that's my that's my thing. So if they weren't if they weren't linking up at all, I would have said, yeah, you're right. They can't play together. But this isn't the case of like, you know, like Hassan and and Kuypers or in some cases like Hassan and El Arabi. These guys were fine. Like, or at the very least, Tequino was fighting El Arabi. Maybe not the other way around. But there was something there. It's just the, the finishing product wasn't. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's i that's how i see that so i don't i think they are compatible because there were some there were some positive signs the movement was there there was there was that was there right we could see the the step before the goal was there so to speak the creation was there but it's just that end product wasn't so i'm not going to say that just yet saying that what do you give what did you give el arabi four four well, he got plus one. I was going to give him three, but plus one for that cute little dribble, which drew that fell. I give him a five. And I give Tiquinho a six. Uh, six for Tiquinho as well. I can't fault him for having a couple of no. good balls. And and remember, it was his – he was busting his ass on some of those on some of those presses. So uh, I'll give him for that effort as well. Who do we miss? On your Kuru? Uh, uh, Onyekuru for a sub appearance. I I think we give him a cup. First couple touches were slow, but got into some dangerous positions. At least a six point five. I think we give him a six point five. I agree with that. Andrutos five. Yeah, poor kid. Well, what what can I say? Like I just I feel bad. I feel kind of bad for him because he's like being played out of position already as it is. But he's done what he can to make it his own. But he's not a right back. So five. I just feel so bad. I just feel bad being feeling negative for him. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, yes and no. I mean, he's one of those players now that I think in the Greek league, he can come on and give us width and give us some yeah. energy in the Greek league. I, I stress, but he he had chances today where he could have, you know, he got that ball on the right-hand side from across and he, he cut inside and then he chose to hit it with his left. And there were two players waiting in better positions to shoot. He expects you expect some better decision making from him now. He's not a he's not a talent anymore. He's yeah. he's an experienced player. He's what 24, 25 years old. He played lots of games yeah. last year. So poor decision making. 
again. But I, I take the point that he's not a right back. He's not a right back, and I, I do. But that's where he's been deployed for more than a yeah. year now. So it's either you are or you aren't. So I'm not going to shoot I'm not going to shoot that. And then there's Agassimba. Who nearly got the winner. Yeah. I mean, he. I don't think he played enough really for us to get a no. rating, but I did like what I saw in the, you know, uh, charging the keeper, uh, you know, or trying, I should say, pressuring the keeper on that one instance. I do like that we have one player that attempts stepovers here and there. That was pretty cool to watch on the on the wing there. But, yeah, it's fun. Now the favorite rating. Go ahead. Coach rating. Coach rating. <laughs> I'm really curious what yours is, to be honest with you. I really want to know. I, I, I'm, I'm still thinking about it. Like, do you want to go before me? Sure. I'll, I'll go first. So it starts off negative because I didn't like the setup. Um, I just don't like 4-4-2, period. So it's negative because I, try, I tried my best to keep that out of it, even though I don't like it. But with the 4-4-2 setup, I didn't like the personnel. I didn't like seeing Mvila Bukalakis together. I didn't like seeing Vabuena out on the wing. So that already starts negative. So if he's starting average, that's going to bump it down a grade. I did think I liked his halftime change. So the halftime change, Onya Karufaroni, I thought that was positive. Uh, 60, I can't remember if it was 60 or 65th minute for Bukalakis, but the Kunde change for Bukalakis, I also thought was positive. And or, you know, for him, that's pretty early, so I'll give him that. Uh, then the Adrutos change for Karbovnik. I'm assuming Karbovnik looked gassed, and maybe that's why it was done. Um, I will fault Martins for not properly addressing the Atromidos midfield crunch in time. I think it took him too long to make the adjustments around that. They weren't playing a high press. They were crowding the midfield out, and we didn't do anything about it for a very long time. So... That'll be negative. I'm going to give him a um, a B, B minus. <clears throat> I'm between a B minus and a C because I think Ruben, I'm going to go with the C because at the end of the day, the result, he didn't get the three points. That's uh, fair. I, don't to, I think that's very I, fair. I don't want to be too harsh with him because I still think that he's still – now, he's had a lot to deal with during the during this this past month and a half. I don't think it's been an easy preseason, but but he's the manager. He's been there now. It's his fourth season. It's up to him to find solutions. Yep. And um, I, I question his I question his persistence at playing Balbuena on the wing. For me, that's really something that needs to end. Even today. Why not? If you're going to go all out attack, then why not play Onyekuru and Lopez together on the wings and Valbuena at the 10 with one striker? If it doesn't work out, then bring another striker on in the second half. That's what I say as a proponitistu canapé coach from the sofa. That's my that that's what I that's what I would have liked to see today. I just hope that he finds the ideas in his head and he, he settles on how he wants the team to play and who his starting 11 is. Yep. I I can't agree more. And a comment from Vasco. Guys, we need wins. We don't want excuses. Only wins even if we do not play good. I 
can't say I fully agree with that. I'd like us to win and play good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I look, I understand the sentiment there, right? Because this yeah. is Olympiacos and we and we do. We expect opener, home opener. I for, I heard them uh say a statistic when we drew that this was the first time that we lost points in a home opener since like 2000. It was a long, it was a long time. 10, Ten years, years ago. ago. Yeah, that was it. Uh, so it was against I mean, Heracles. That was it, against yeah. Heracles when I think um, it was just after Mitroglou missed the penalty at Anorthosio, that first Valverde, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway. Yeah, so it's it sucks. And, and yes, you know, you expect that in some games like this, if you have the quality, even when you're not playing well, you still get the win. So I, I do understand that from that perspective. Um, but for me, if, if as long as I see that certain positives, there are certain patterns are there, I can accept lost points if I know that things are going in the right direction. So in, in this case, for example, a positive is that uh, one of the patterns I was worried about was our complete lack of creativity in the summer. There was some today. I mean, you can't say there isn't when you have 49 attacks, 24 chances from that. It looked better. It looked better against the team that does play really compact and that sits behind the ball. Right. There was some, the, the movement was a bit better. It was a bit more lively, but it's Especially just not in the there second half. Right. It's not exactly. There and, exactly. That, and that brings me to my question How are you feeling going into the game on Thursday? Not good. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not feeling good. <laughs> I hope that that's clear because I know that's like some people will get upset that I that I look more positively on certain things or maybe I'm less pessimistic, but I am not feeling good about it. Just because I'm trying to look at things from a more, we'll say, level standpoint doesn't mean I'm oblivious to what the reality is. And I'm not feeling good about Antwerp because we don't put some of those chances. We're not going to, first of all, I don't think have – 70% possession or dominate the game all game. We're going to have more stress on us. They're going to be able to finish chances that they get better than Atromiros will. So we can't afford to not take opportunities like what we had today. So I'm, I am a little worried. Can I just bring this comment up from MAX Max? We needed to get a playmaker for Tunis out will hurt us. And although Valbuena is great, he cannot go 90 minutes. Somebody else also made a comment earlier, right at the beginning, I think, and was saying, these are the types of games when you miss Fortunis, or this is the type of game when you want to bring Fortunis on or have him on the pitch to do something. So I I don't know, did we bring a playmaker in? Because Ronnie Lopez apparently says he likes to play at the 10 more than he likes to yeah. play at the wing. So are we going to see Ronnie Lopez at the 10 at some point? Are we going to see... Martins play Valbuena at the 10. I, I've talked about that enough today. So, Fortunis is out, guys. Um, we, we're going to have to live with that. And Fortunis is wearing the 53. Or I don't know what number he's going to wear, but I, I don't want to talk about that. My, my take on this is, look, I always think when you bring Fortunis in, he makes you better. Um, I will always believe that. In this case... I don't know how much better it would have been. The first half, 100%. 
I think first half, 100%, he makes first half better. But when you already have almost 50 attacks and you're converting 50% of those, is that is it that you don't have a play? Is it that you're not making plays, I should say? Like, that, that's my point. You don't have a player that can penetrate. To take well, the ball that, and to take the ball and run at three people, and then make a nice pass or cross right or shot. And I get that. that. And it's I like get that. I get that. Not 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 a Fortunis that's just come back from injury, but Fortunis right. like Fortunis that we know. So like Fortunis right. that we know what he's capable of comes on and changes that game. Yeah, no question, I, no question. Yeah, I always agree. He does. I'm just saying the degree of change is capped a little bit because in a game that we're already making a shit ton of chances, it's about, will he make chances that are at least higher quality than the ones that you get? And I think that is true. I do think that is true, but when you're making as many chances and converting as many, I think it's probably about 50, 50 if we do win it with him in there. Okay. Well, just to finish up on Antwerp, we're looking to do a preview before that. So let you guys know that. Subscribe to the channel and you will not miss the preview coming up ahead of the Antwerp game. So hit the subscribe button, guys, if you haven't done so already. Antwerp played Urpen today in, in the uh, Belgian league. They won 1-0. I think it was yesterday, sorry. Uh, apparently, they didn't play very well. They, they just about scraped a 1-0 victory. Their defence is very, very shoddy. I keep hearing this from, from lots of people here in, in, in Belgium. So uh, I think there are going to be goals. I think there are going to be goals on Thursday, and I think it's going to be a rodeo game. I, I think it could be one of those games where we see four or five goals. So I don't know if we'll win 2-1, 3-2, or... Yeah, I think there are going to be a lot of goals on, on Thursday. That's my, that's my prediction. I don't know if my heart needs something like that right now. I, I, I could go without the, fan, the first game. The fans at Galaspagi <laughs> want some excitement. What can I say? Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Maybe they, they do. I, I'm, not, I'm not ready for that kind of excitement uh, today or today, this week. Uh, I, I would prefer a nice, peaceful, maybe two nothing. If, you know, if we're asking, if we're asking for things here, uh, of course, that will that will probably never happen. But, uh, uh, you know, before we close everything up here, the Ethnic Yomada pulled out a surprise win against Sweden. Surprise to me, at least. I wasn't expecting it at all. And uh, it doesn't change too much for me with my outlook, but at least it's still a fighting chance. Uh, were you surprised with what you saw? Um, it was one of those atmospheres going into the game, you know. There was – everything was really negative and – I think the, yeah, I think the surrounding atmosphere, it, it kind of gave some um, gave some life to the team and some some footballing ego was it was on display. I think during that game, I think we got lucky a couple of times because Sweden had that chance to hit the post quite early on in the game, uh, and then uh, I didn't watch all the game to be honest, but I'm I'm ha I'm happy we won. I don't know if it means that we're in with a fighting chance of qualifying, but um, if anything, I think the game against Sweden and the win, it just, for me, it, uh, 
it, it means nothing because we drew with Kosovo. <laughs> so yeah. it kind of makes that Kosovo loss. It, it wasn't a loss. It was a draw, but it's like a loss. It might, the win makes the Kosovo a draw more like a loss than it was already. So that's, that's how I see it. Yeah, uh, I I feel that I in so, even though I thought that I actually saw the players play with some passion and I I liked more, I thought the ball movement was a little bit more positive. I think in some ways we kind of caught Sweden. I think they expected the game to be a little bit easier than it was in some respects. But I also think we got a little lucky uh, because you know we put some of the the data out there as it populated. Uh, Sweden's xG was two point seven. They had even though we had our chances. Don't get me wrong, you know. Uh, our XG was 2.2, but they had more, they had a couple more chances than we did that they were unlucky not to convert the Clayson, the Clayson chance, uh, not just obviously the, the crossbar one, but the one that he had in the second half around like the 67th minute, Isak, Kulishevsi, uh, they all, and then, you know, don't forget Forsberg in extra time <laughs> had a, a pretty dangerous opportunity. So uh, and again, not to take away from us, but you know they had their opportunities, and our defense was a little bit shakier than I think we're used to as Greeks. So um, I am still concerned. Uh, I am happy. <laughs> we're we have a fighting chance. Look, at least the win keeps us with a fighting chance. But people have to remember, we have to beat Georgia. So in October, when those games come around, we have to beat Georgia. No ifs, ands, or buts. Then. Even if we beat Sweden again, let's say we're lucky enough to beat Sweden in Sweden, okay? They will will be level on points with them, but they will have the tiebreaker, assuming we're able to beat Georgia by a significant amount. But they will still have us in a tiebreaker. Uh, and then at that point, it's ours to lose. We're going to have to try and nab points from uh, Spain and then win out. Because they'll have they'll have the goal differential, but it's not easy. Even if we do win both games in October, just to, I, just to be clear, I have a closing question for you on the ethnic game. If Janulis was fit, would he have started in, instead of Timikas? I don't think that's in doubt. To be honest with you, yeah, I mean, is that a is that a is that a real question? Because every no, time, no, no, I'm just putting it out there. I'm just putting it out yeah. there. I believe he probably would have. Yeah, I I wouldn't have surprised me at all. And Timikas had a great game, and I was pissed off to see that he didn't get selected for Liverpool today. But anyway, yeah, me too. But that's a that's a different thing. Anyway, thank you everyone for listening, especially if you made it this far. A pretty long episode for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you everyone for joining us. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow on all of our channels. We're trying to do as much as we can to put more content out there. We have more ideas, more things coming to you guys. And also, don't forget, we tweeted out today, posted on social media. If you want to write about Libyakos, DM us. Send us something. Send us a sample. If you want to write about Libyakos, we want to accept everybody that wants to contribute. If you want to continue to foster this community that has been started, please be, become a part of it. So, Send us a DM if you're interested. DM us on all of our on any one of our platforms that we're on or personals. Either one doesn't matter. Uh, the only thing we'll ask is for you to send us a sample as well. But please join us, become a part of, of the journey. And thank you everyone again for listening. This is Gate Seven International. We'll see you later this week. Yeah,
You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL. Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Thrilos, he said. Στο μυαλό κάτι μαγικό.